Welcome back to another episode of the Anxiety Slayer podcast. Today, I'm speaking with meditation teachers and energy healers, Cody Edner and David Gandelman, about the power of meditation and energy work to support your anxiety. Cody has been teaching meditation, energy healing, and intuitive awareness for over 35 years. He's the founder of intuitivevision.net, co-host of the Energy Matters podcast, and currently travels and teaches advanced training programs, workshops, and seminars. David is the founder of Meditation School. He is also the co-host of the Energy Matters podcast and teaches meditation at Cornell University and NBC Studios. He connects energetic experience, ancient wisdom traditions, and humor to create a safe atmosphere for people interested in learning to meditate and developing their natural spiritual abilities. Welcome to Anxiety Slayer, David and Cody. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Pleasure to be here as well. How have your teaching roles changed during this pandemic? That was the first thing that came to mind when, when I thought about all, all that you're doing and teaching and sharing. I'm always in my pajamas. Right on. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, we've definitely gone more online, I think, just like everybody else. And I would say there's a lot of people out there that their focus is on isolation, loneliness, depression, anxiety. And uh, so we're working with people on all of those issues and helping them come out the other side. Well, thank you for your work. It's definitely needed. And I know our roles have changed quite a bit during the pandemic as well. As much as I'm, I work out of my home and have for years, for almost 15 years, it's still a big change for our audience. Well, we just have more questions than ever coming in than we ever have before about the things that you just mentioned and how to support ourselves and how our listeners can support themselves when they're feeling so isolated and lonesome and anxious and, and all that comes with lockdown and uncertainty and loss and, and all of it. So pretty crazy times we're living in right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, at the same time, I have to admit that it was one of the best years of my life. I got so much work done. I wrote a book. Right I got on. to do a lot of teaching. And I think just like anything in life, uh, we, certain people look for the silver linings. Other people always find something to kind of complain about or worry about. This is no different. I think that each of us has to go, okay, yeah, there's this catastrophic issue happening in the world with coronavirus. You know, there's poverty, there's war. All of these things have always existed to varying degrees on planet Earth. Like if I read you the history of the earth, <laughs> I said, let's go back to 2008 when the housing bubble happened. And then 2001 when 9-11 happened. And in the early 90s in the Gulf War and, you know, in the 70s in Vietnam and the Korean War, World War II and the Holocaust. We go back and back and back and back to the dark ages and beyond. If you read a newspaper <laughs> every day from now back to when Jesus was crucified and before, there's always something that's happening, always something to worry about. That's and such a good point. That is so, so well illustrated too. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, so if we just plug ourselves kind of mentally, telepathically into this, the mental ethers of the world, now we're more connected than ever, and we just absorb all of the information and pain on a daily basis, it's going to exacerbate whatever 
personal pain that we have. And I think that's happening now on steroids because it's this 24-7 nonstop feedback loop of information. So I think what you're doing and hopefully what me and Cody are doing is we're trying to put out really good information that's curated, that's not creating any more anxiety. But I think most people are just plugged into some intense stuff and they're digesting it way too much. I agree. You talk about last year being a good year for you. Overall, it was for me as well. I had more time, carved out more time, more spaciousness to do the things that I love in a bigger way. So it wasn't that I wasn't doing them before, but kind of just let all of the extra stuff fall away and focused on what was most important to me, my family, and and of course my business and this podcast and some new choices and really healthy pathways, you know, just a, just a new, I don't even really know how to put words to it other than I'm grateful for all of it. Grateful for the time that helped me see that some of the things that I needed to do and change and, and how I needed to be more grounded and be more aware of my own energy and to not let the crazy makers in to do my very best to not be umbilical cord to computer 24 <laughs> hours a day and really get out and walk the shores of Lake Michigan and walk through the, the woods behind my house and be mindful of all of the great and crushing beauty so that I wouldn't get sucked into this uh, vortex of pain. It's nice to be by a lake. Where are you, Cody? You're in Sedona. I'm in Sedona right now. He's in a mm. vortex. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Normally, I'm in Colorado. Likewise, I, I adjusted to the change in a way that worked well for you know having a podcast and working online teaching, I uh, certainly had a lot more people asking questions about coping with what was going on, uh, dealing with the energy, and it, in a personal way, was able to do a bit more getting out into nature, do a little bit more um, kind of thoughtful things each day trying to to work on you know releasing uh what was coming up and on all different levels really the worry and anxiety for the people in our lives and and really work to reach out more mm-hmm. and and that was maybe something that in our busy lives we had kind of lost a little bit like reaching out to the elderly in our lives, certainly calling and checking on them way more than I used to. And I have a daughter in college, so she became kind of a college refugee. So and did mine. So, yeah, <laughs> so did my so, daughter, so, yeah. Uh, that was uh, something to, to deal with. And uh, the impact on the young people has been tremendous. And so I've worked with her and with a lot of people to try to recreate a picture for a future that positive and, and to try to work on things that could be positive, not just say in college, but 
just setting yourself up for going back into the world. Right. She worked a bit on a number of things that I think as she goes back out into the world, she'll be, you know, in a little better, better place. When I think about my daughter having moved out for the first time last August, and she's coming home this weekend for the, for the summer for a couple of months, the timing and, you know, finally ready to spread her wings. And she's an artist, so she can get lost in, in drawing and her work for hours and hours and hours on end. And she was finally ready to kind of step into that social space. <laughs> and so we can laugh about it a little bit, but certainly uh, staying tethered and, and communicating and, and making sure that she wasn't just in her apartment by herself, staring at the walls while doing her online classes. There's so many children and so many our parents and, and what they're dealing with and, and all of the information that's coming at all, at all of us right now and how to let it move through us instead of let it take us away from what's really important in our lives. And I'd love for you to explore how meditation and energy work can provide relief from all of this anxiety right now, from all of this fear, because this is not we're not like, okay, well, it's better now because a bunch of people have been vaccinated. This we, we have a ways to go yet. I know our listeners need more support than ever with meditation and energy work and anything that you can bring forward. Well, I think the one of the ways that me and Cody teach is we use a fair amount of humor and lightheartedness. And I think what happens with a lot of people with anxiety is they... They really fill the anxiety balloon with the oxygen of heaviness and seriousness. And they, they create this narrative that becomes kind of a feedback loop, a self-fulfilling prophecy that I'm this depressed person or I'm always going to be anxious or there's always the next disaster around the corner in the world. And so they, they just fill this kind of anxiety balloon with this energy over and over. And we like to deflate that balloon with some lightheartedness with popping that narrative and also with energy awareness. And so, I mean, I'm sure you've talked about this a thousand times on this podcast. They have ruminating thoughts. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to deal with them. They just come back again and again. It's like a, like a mer- being on a merry-go-round. And so one of the approaches that we teach our students is say you're having a set of ruminating thoughts. Let's just take one sequence and freeze it on the screen of your mind and just hold it there for a moment. So maybe you're judging someone, complaining about what somebody did to you, worried about money, concerned about COVID, whatever it is. You just take one sequence of ruminating thoughts, freeze it in, right on the screen of your mind's eye, and then recognize that that sequence of thoughts is made of energy, right? It has to, it has to have some kind of power source behind it for it to move through your mind's eye. So what is it made of? And the first answer often will be, it's made of anxiety. It's made of worry. It's made of stress. And then we ask our students to peel back the layers. So maybe even you see the, uh, the thoughts as an image, like a very clear image, and you look closely at the painting, at the image, and you go, well, what's really in there? What's it made of? Oh, there's fear under the anxiety. Mm-hmm. So anxiety is often made of fear right? 
Mm-hmm. There's an impending doom around the corner. The next thing, if it doesn't happen today, it'll happen tomorrow. And so, okay, where is that fear really coming from? And the vast, vast majority of the time, it has nothing to do with what you're thinking about. It's a much deeper layer. And then that fear might have formed from some kind of pain. And then we, we peel back layer by layer until we get to a memory, a belief structure, a schema, the way we see the world. We get to some core energy that is generating all of these ruminating thoughts. And then we look at it really carefully and honestly and start to heal it. And I think if we don't go to the root, you know, it'll just be the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. It'll just manifest in a thousand different forms, that anxiety. So we have to get to the root. So me and Cody try to teach people how to see energy behind their thoughts, behind their beliefs, behind their stories, and then how to unravel that story and how to peel back the layers. And then it's almost like it's a little bit of like shamanistic soul retrieval in the sense that when you do heal that space, your energy comes back to you and you feel centered, you feel grounded, you feel at home again, you feel like yourself. So many people say, I just don't feel like, like myself anymore. I'm just anxious all the time. So when you heal that, you start to feel like yourself again. And so that's what we try to teach people. We have a whole number of meditation tools that we, that we teach them. They kind of go in sequence. There's a structure to them. And it takes a, a good amount of time and energy and practice. But it can be incredibly healing and, and useful to be able to see energy from your mind's eyes. So we have two eyes to see out one eye to see in, we call it insight, and we try to teach our students insight. I love that. Cody, do you have anything that you'd like to add? Yeah, as we work, begin to work with the student and teach the meditation techniques of of turning inward, some of the things that we might loop into in the news or uh, the energies that are happening out in the world Uh, Some of us can be very sensitive to that energy as it can come into us. And Mm -hmm. we start to get caught up in the energy that's not necessarily happening to us, but it's happening around us from a meditative uh, energy awareness standpoint, being able to come back to my own energy and kind of separate from all of the other energies Uh, that are happening out in the world or outside of me, not in an unempathetic way, but in a way of finding my own vibration and my own inner center and grounding. Then I have a few tools to help create a boundary so that I can be in the world and, uh, you know, participate and help, but not take everything in to me and start to become the effect of it. So I think sometimes we don't recognize just how sensitive we might be to picking up the energies that are out in the world in a way where we feel it, where we kind of internalize it in some regard. So many of our tools are about how to both recognize and validate just how intuitive and sensitive you are as a human being and and sensitive to the world. And then also how to create clear energetic boundaries so that you don't end up taking on and carrying the weight of energies that truly aren't yours. For years, I walked on this earth wide open 
-hmm. and I'm incredibly sensitive. And I didn't know what I didn't know. (laughs) When I learned how to create those healthy boundaries, everything changed. And there are still times, it's still a practice, of course, because there are still times I'll forget. And then all of a sudden, you know, wham, I'm like, oh, wow, wait a minute. That's not even mine. I'm certain of it. Like, I, okay, what do I need to do? And uh, my husband will crack up because, I mean, there are days when I'm like, uh-oh, outside on the lawn, like face plant laying on the ground, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. whatever I need to do. But, but also to, to shake it off, to clear it off, and, and to remember that, that I am a very sensitive being, and many of us are, and we don't realize that, and we've never been taught how to protect ourselves, how to, how to separate the two. And so I'm grateful that, that you do that. Can you walk us through an example of, of a practice that, that a brand new person that this is resonating with can do? Yes. And I would say, and it's kind of tricky because like you just said, you, you're very open and you became aware of just how sensitive you are. And many people when they start to have that happen, it it seems like the only choice then is to withdraw Mm -hmm. or close off. And our tools and what we're teaching is designed to help someone be open and protected. So open in a healthy way, because you don't want to close off and you certainly don't want to become isolated. The real question is, how do I show up in the world anywhere I feel safe, but I can also fully be present and create, contribute and enjoy, you know, the interaction. The tools that we teach are designed to help us be safe and yet stay open as well. Uh, It's kind of a journey. It is a meditative practice to, to do that. Uh, But it does start with awareness, like energy awareness. So it kind of becomes a place of shifting our focus or our attention a little bit away from, say, the thinking mind into the intuitive mind, that place where we kind of see things versus think things. In that place, we could call that the, the place where we would discover energy awareness. And from there, we can start to imagine the boundary of where our energy might be in the world or around us. So many of us uh, extend our energy out pretty far into everything that we see. We almost get drawn into it. Or we take everything in and carry it. But either way, there's not a kind of gentle boundary around us that reminds us energetically that something over there is not necessarily mine that I have to bring in to here. It's just a reminder or an awareness. So one of the tools, aside from what everybody has probably heard by now, like getting grounded, is to become aware of setting an energetic boundary around us. It's almost like a bubble where our energy can be comfortably held around the body and where there can be a sense of the energies of everything else or of the world held 
with awareness outside of that space. And it's not, again, there's no hard boundary. It's not a resistance. It's an awareness of, well, this is me. And we start to get more deeply connected with what me in terms of my own energy is. And then those other energies are something that I have a little bit of space to decide how to interact with it. And a lot of times where we really lose ourselves to energy is when we don't have any space from it. So everything's immediately right in us. Part of the the awareness tool is to give ourselves a little space from the world before we feel it or take it in. And, and then we have a moment to choose, a little bit more room to choose where we want to be. That's a, an example of how I might imagine it sure. as I'm in the world. Yeah. Thank you very much. I was thinking about how I reclaimed spaciousness in my life after leaving my corporate job many, many moons ago and how, if you used a calendar for an example, how my calendar used to be just packed, back-to-back meetings and projects and whatever, and then the little bit of space for me doing whatever it is I might want to do, but mostly working and, and responsibilities. And then getting to start over and redesign what my calendar looks like and put myself first and put my family there with me first and then the work around that and the space between things and I mean to this day as many years as it's been I'm so incredibly grateful to not be so packed in with everything to have something going on all the time that I that I never can give my mind, body, and soul a, a rest. And so when I when I hear you saying that, that's, a, that's what I think about is how how really very important it is for all of us to make sure that we have some spaciousness in our lives. One of the things that that I'd like to talk about is what do you think that that we can do? What our listeners can do right now to bring a little bit more joy into their lives when they're just feeling so anxious and and boxed in? That is a a really good question, especially uh, right now. It can feel like there isn't a lot of freedom to do much. It can certainly feel like we are boxed in. For me, it does start with kind of meditating and getting connected with myself and getting into communication with myself and kind of asking that question of where could I put my attention or my energy in a way that's going to be healing or expanding a little bit when, when everything's shrinking, it perhaps takes a little bit of a, a shift in focus to reset my energy to expanding into something, to creating in some way. And it doesn't have to be something big. I think that's part of where we can get stuck when we're experiencing anxiety or depression, which is something I've experienced. Everything becomes this negative 
is so big, it seems like it would take something really big to get out of it. Right. And I think we have to step back and try to reduce it to small things in the sense of asking ourselves, what's a little thing I could do to help begin to shift my energy? Like David, what he was just describing and like going into or looking underneath a fear or an anxiety to get to the the source of it, that small thing that's kind of making everything bigger. We can use that same kind of focus to look ahead and say, what's that small thing that can start to shift this state or this energy or this space I'm in or help me shift out of it? Right. So we do start with a little bit of levity in some regard. And that's mm-hmm. something we try to work with in teaching. You know, sometimes it's very difficult to create that levity just by myself and for myself. But <laughs> right. we do try to kind of teach from that vibration and from that, that mindset or energy level to bring or help people find or create a lighter energy to be in. Cause that's like the starting point. Yeah, it really envision is. Something new or different for ourselves. But I think we often feel like it has to be something big to match what we're experiencing, feeling so overwhelming. When in fact, beginning with a little step starts to get things moving. And then the next little step can happen in the next one. And it starts to feed into a flow of energy or a shift in energy that can end up being big, but has to start with a small thing that's going right. And the small and the small thing could be noticing a beautiful flower or listening to the birds singing or making a really wonderful cup of tea. It could be a conversation with somebody you love it could be and it just one thing one sweet thing and they add up i i talk about uh joy spotting and often give our listeners and and the clients that i work with uh the homework of just being mindful of five to ten small Mm -hmm. things that bring you joy each day and while raising our daughter, we would do that at the dinner table. We would share, we wouldn't share, you know, five or 10, but we'd share like our top three things yeah. that, that brought us joy each day. And so even when one of us had a really challenging day, maybe there was a whole bunch of stress going around for, for whatever reason, we could still find something that brought some sweetness in, that brought some joy forward to remember that everything passes and that we can get back and always have that joyful place and and those things that truly do make us feel lighter. Yeah. And I like the word you use, something sweet, Mm. Um, a sweetness. And the problem with having the big thing is that always has to be projected into the future Mm -hmm. because it's too big for right now. So I'm hoping to get there and it's out in the future. And the beautiful thing about a small thing is you can open space right now to step into where there is a little bit of that sweetness or for me oftentimes it 
of finding the sacred, let's say, and that might be something in nature. So, or a sense of the magical possibilities. So there used to be, I, I was in Northern California for many years and there used to be this particular wet redwood grove with a stream running through it and ferns. And if I really had lost it, I could go to that space for not very long, really. It didn't take very long to feel the magic and the sacred and, and yeah. just be reminded that it exists on the planet. And while I may not be finding it in my day or myself, or my life in that moment, it, it exists. And and if it exists, then it can be cultivated. It can be created. I can get there. Right. It's so important for, for anyone who has those power places, those sacred spaces that, that they visit or that they have close by to, to capture that in a picture. And whether you have, you know, whether it's a picture on the wall that you frame or whether it's on your phone or whatever, if you can't get there, you can, you can still see it you can still look at it and then then you can close your eyes and be there you can you can really allow yourself that memory and the knowing that at some point you will get back there but for now that that exists those are the kinds of things that that I do if I'm if I'm feeling spun yes that's why I moved to the mountains from LA <laughs> yeah I bet yes you did one of my really good friends and a woman who stood up for me my Wedding it lives in Vale in a little cabin right up oh, in the nice. mountain. <laughs> she oh, loves beautiful. it. Yeah, she loves yeah. it there. Do you want to add some ways that our listeners can improve their anxiety and, and create more joy? So uh, the way I do it with my students, and actually I have a free meditation on this on Insight Timer called Mastering Anxiety. Maybe it's 15 minutes long. Okay. Uh, where I where I walk students through the meditation. But essentially, it's four steps. You find it, you feel it, you face it, and then you heal it. So we find it by noticing just the sensation in the body. So maybe there's butterflies in the stomach or on the chest, for example. So uh, I found it. There's this sense. I can sense the anxiety. And then I allow myself to really feel the deep emotion underneath it, behind it. Just sit with that for a moment. Usually what we do is the moment we feel something we don't like, we try to run away from it. We resist it. Mm -hmm. And that actually perpetuates it, right? And so allow yourself to feel it without any judgment or label. It just is a sensation. Here it is. And then we have to face it. So where did it come from? Why am I holding on to it? What is really going on here? And look deeply at it. And then that's when we start to heal it. So for example, a lot of anxiety for people is that is like a top layer on a cake. It's the icing. It's the surface layer energy. And it usually has like a radiation to it. Our anxiety radiates worry. It radiates tension. Mm -hmm. It radiates fear. And so we have to face it and heal it. And to do that, we have to go underneath it and go to, like I was saying earlier, to some of those deeper layers. And then when we do heal it, that's when we start radiating all the good stuff. So, oh, I like being around you. Your energy is light, joyful, playful, mm-hmm. creative, happy, attractive, right? If I'm radiating in anxiety all the time, then what kind of people and scenarios am I going to attract into my life? 
And then it's just going to compound and be like, see, nothing ever works out. Nobody wants to be with me. Nobody will hire me. And it's because we're radiating this energy. So we have to sit down, feel it, uh, really face it and heal it. And I think uh, those four easy steps, find it, feel it, face it, heal it, I think is a good way to start approaching anxiety. Don't Mm. overcomplicate it. Most of my students and me included, everybody, we usually become too intellectual about it and analytical. And we try to figure every nook and cranny out instead of just recognizing the energy and working through it, whatever actually comes up. So if you find yourself becoming too heady with it, see if you can come back down into your body and just let yourself feel it and then look at it. We're always going for the insight. So mm, if you yes. look at it and see what epiphany arises. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to both of you for spending some time with me today and sharing your genius and your ideas and your humor. So very much appreciated. And I look forward to listening to your podcast, Energy Matters, and invite our listeners to visit energymattersacademy.com to learn more about what David and Cody are offering. Do either of you have anything you'd like to leave us with today? I think because I was talking about how things can become so big and overwhelming, I think keeping it simple and kind of trying to find a doorway inward to an awareness. For me, it's mostly a meditative practice or doorway. Keeping it simple and starting from where we are. is a a really big key. Uh, It's so easy to uh, project everything into a future and that's where it's going to change or be solved. And really, it's it's something that we have to do in this moment uh, with a meditative practice or an awareness practice. They're the small things. They're the simple things. Yes. Thank you. And I guess I would just add, your anxiety can lead to doom or it can lead to enlightenment. And if you learn how to approach your pain in a positive way, then those boulders and stones that seem to weigh you down and want to drown you actually turn into the stones of the path of your life and you walk on them as you conquer each one. So if you can recognize that, that each time you feel anxiety, it is a blessing in disguise. It's a doorway into the next phase of growth of your life and that you can sit down and deal with it, you're going to really transform. And I always tell my students, there are no wells that are infinitely deep. Every well has a bottom, has a certain amount of water in it. Every well of anxiety has a certain amount of anxiety, anxiety in it. It has a bottom. Everything life gives you, you can handle. What's that quote? Uh, God never gives me anything I can't handle. I just wish he didn't trust me so much. <laughs> Thank you, Cody. Thank you, David. I really, really appreciate your time today. Thanks for having us. That was Cody Edner and David Gandelman. Learn more about their current offerings and listen to their podcast at energymattersacademy.com. 